0: full of grace and truth, full of grace and truth. The text for this morning's Christmas message, there'll be three this Sunday morning, next Sunday morning, two on Christmas Eve, four o'clock and 6.30. The text is John chapter one, verse 14. You know these words. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory. We sang about that this morning. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of two things, grace and truth. Marvelous, marvelous words, these, maybe the greatest ever recorded. John writes these words as an old man, years after the mere sentiment of Christmas would have worn off, and and he reaches for uh, better, stronger, more accurate words as to what he saw when Christ came, what had changed his whole life. As he ponders the incarnation of God the Son. And what what continued to fill his mind all these years later with wonder. He tells us. He says, we have seen his glory. We use that word a lot, don't we? Especially around Christmas. Glory to God in the highest. We sing about it. John says, This is what I saw. When God the Son came into this world, I saw glory. Well, what is that? Anybody know? What's glory anyway? What was that glory like? What was it that John's mind and heart, all these years later, what was it that his heart still warmed to? He says the glory... Of God, the Son incarnate was his fullness of grace and truth. That's the glory. There was a fullness of grace and there was a fullness of truth. John says, this is, this is what reverberated with glory. We saw, we saw for the very first time God's redemptive reach. And it brimmed, it overflowed with two things, grace and truth. Now, we know we're on good textual footing with this emphasis because three verses later in verse 17, John says, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth. Same two words, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. What else can John mean but that prior to the incarnation there had been a a more scant measure of grace and truth. I mean Christ and Moses. The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So Christ and Moses, John sets them in contrast to each other very deliberately. True, there had been various manifestations of divine grace in the Old Covenant. True, there had been revelation of divine truth under the Old Covenant. But it's it's still the case that John deliberately mentions Moses and the incarnate Christ. Not to show similarities, but to distinguish them from each other. There was was law dominating from Moses to Christ. And then there came in a unique dawning, a a fullness of grace and a fullness of truth in Christ alone. So here's our privilege today. We get to drill down into what John wanted so passionately to communicate when he identified the incarnate Christ as the one full of grace and truth. And and the conclusion that I want to get to is so important that I'm actually going to announce the conclusion up front so that you'll be able to see it more clearly along the way. I want to say it very carefully. Here's the idea. The incarnate Christ, God the Son, came that first Christmas, full of grace and truth, hear me, in the sense that he was the source of all grace and all truth, even those partial manifestations that were revealed in the Old Covenant before Jesus was born. In other words, follow this. I think John is reminding us there would never have been any tolerating grace for any sinners whatsoever. And there would never have been any revealed truth to deliver fallen minds from the bondage of Satan's lies whatsoever were it not for the provision made in the incarnate one who came full of grace and truth. I want to take another run at the same idea. John doesn't just mean that there was more grace and truth after Christ than had ever been revealed before. That's true. That's not John's point. John means more. He means our Lord was full of grace and truth in a much deeper sense. He was full of grace and truth in the sense that all grace and all truth have always flowed from Christ as the source of grace and truth, both before his birth and after his birth. God never had any other way of dispensing grace except through Christ, even under the days of Abraham. Jesus said, Abraham longed (laughs) to see my day. Oh, how we need to think this all the way through. I have three thoughts. I think the biblical logic of this verse goes something like this. Point number one. If every blessing was forfeited by mankind's sin, then I must ascribe every blessing received to grace. I think that just makes sense. If my sin disqualified me from all blessings, That means every blessing I've ever received must be solely due to grace. Does that make sense? And the logic goes further. Our Christmas text singles out Jesus Christ as the one who brings all the blessings of grace. It just makes sense because he and only he provides the redemption from the the guilt The alienation from God and the punishment, the just punishment that every single sin deserves. So if it's true, if the Bible's true, that sin leaves us under the wrath of God. And if it's true that sin leaves nothing but life under the ruin of eternal separation from God. And if it's true that Jesus alone, in contrast to Moses or any other religious prophet or leader, Jesus alone is the mediator who brings divine grace to this fallen world, then there is no other source of grace possible outside of Jesus Christ. And what that long sentence means is every instance of grace... Received throughout the whole Bible and all of its recorded history. Every instance of grace is provided either by looking forward to Christ or in gratitude looking backwards as we do to Christ. But that's the only way grace has ever come. He is full. Of grace and truth. As the source. Of all grace. There's no other source of grace. For sinners deserving punishment. Than Jesus Christ. Every instance of grace. However ordinary. And commonly bestowed. Every single instance. Of divine kindness. Every. Every. Commonly received divine benevolence, it reaches our undeserving hearts as it flows from God's grace, streaming through Jesus Christ. That's that's what John. That's what John was marveling over as he cited the incarnate Christ alone as the one who came full of grace. He meant that if you and I are going to find anything other than cold justice. If we're going to find anything other than alienation, the alienation that our sins deserve, we receive that fatherly mercy reaching this whole world through the mediator who came full of this grace. From the one who was born in Bethlehem, overflowing with this grace. Remember. If every blessing has been forfeited by sin, then no blessing reaches my life except by grace. And John says, grace and truth, 17, came through Jesus Christ. That word through is the important word. John clearly means that even divine grace that came before Christ came through Christ. So that, Divine, redemptive grace is never random grace. It doesn't just happen. It is always channeled grace. There's no other source. Now, that's theology. We should apply it to the details. I owe to grace and therefore to Christ that I have daily breath and health. I owe to grace and therefore to Christ that my mind isn't so darkened by sin that I can never come to understand saving truth. I owe to grace, and therefore to Christ, that I have any power whatsoever to stand against temptation today. I owe to grace, and therefore to Christ, that I can offer any prayer whatsoever with the expectation of being heard. I pray in Jesus' name. I owe to grace, and therefore to Christ, That I can endure sorrow with any possibility whatsoever of being divinely comforted. I owe to grace and therefore to Christ that I can approach death with any hope of eternal life. I owe to grace and therefore to Christ that I can face the possibility of eternity with happiness and joy. That's what this means. This is John's point. If grace came through Jesus Christ, 117, then anything I owe to grace, I owe to Jesus Christ. There, there, there are so many people who are hoping, who are building their hope for a better life and eternity just on the sentiment of a nice God. Father God being just, holy, holy, eternally turned away from any iniquity. He has no just way of reaching out to this rebellious planet than through the one who came full of grace. But John doesn't just talk about grace in our text. He writes about truth. And that's point number two. Any truth that delivers this world from the bondage of Satan's lies comes through Jesus Christ for the law was given through Moses grace and truth came through Jesus Christ John surprises us doesn't he a little bit by linking Christ's fullness of grace with his fullness of truth I mean Just as all grace that blesses comes through Christ, all truth that frees and delivers comes through Christ as well. Any truth from divine revelation is gracious truth. That's why he links grace and truth together. We need to know that because when God reveals something as true, we don't always feel it with our fallen selves. We don't always feel it as gracious Our fallen minds chafe against much of divine truth because we find it confining, we find it restrictive, we might even find it unfair or unreasonable. So so we need John's humbling reminder that our minds, independently, our minds are darkened to the things we most need to know. We need truth. This gospel... We're studying 117 right now. John's whole gospel just consistently sees eternal issues tied up with the light of truth and the natural darkness in our hearts that doesn't want to receive it. I was looking at some of these verses. You know them. 3:19. This is, this is the judgment. He means this is the assessment. This is the conclusion. Light has come into the world. That's Christmas. That's Christmas. Light has come into the world. But there's a problem. People, here's what they do. They love this. Instead of this. We're in trouble. We we need more than light. Because we don't always like the light. I have come into the world as, here it is again, this is Christmas. Come into the world, that's his birth. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Oh, the the wonder of the miracle of the incarnation with regard to our capacity to think straight. The coming of Jesus marks uh, a turning point in what saving truth can do in a sin-darkened mind. The The guy who can't let this subject go, the Apostle Paul, he's not as nice to read. The Apostle Paul, he can't help but just ramble on and on and on about the effect of Christ on the mind of people. Here's where he does it. Buckle up. If because of one man's trespass, that's Adam, death reigned through that one man, Much more will those who receive the abundance of, he came full of this, right? Grace and truth. Much more, those who will receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation of all men. So one act of righteousness, this is Christ and his righteous life and death. One act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience, the many were, look at this, made sinners. So by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Christmas, Christmas is not the time of year to ignore theology. It's the worst time of year to ignore theology. It's not about sentiment. Christians bring A totally different understanding to this wonderful season. And we must process this. Adam's sin darkened the thinking of mankind. It turned us all against revealed truth and light. That's what Paul was describing in that Romans text. It's a horrible situation. And then then the light goes on. And Paul rejoiced that Christ's coming, his death, Resurrection, change that for everyone. Through Christ, God extends resistible grace to all mankind. It's right here. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for all men. Note carefully, not everyone will be justified But Christ has brought a light, a light of truth that leads, verse 18, leads to justification and life for all men. Suddenly, because of Jesus, truth can get in where only darkness could get in before. Because of Christ, this is how big Christmas is. Because of Christ, Truth can get in where only darkness could get in before. That's the change. Not everyone will yield to it, but truth can get in now. The situation isn't hopeless anymore. John says the very same thing in simpler terms, perhaps. John six, John one six to nine. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. We know about John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. All might believe through him. He was not the light. John wasn't the light. He came to bear witness about the light. Now look at this verse. The true light, which enlightens. How many people does it enlighten? Like this, this is big. Jesus made a change in his coming Grace and truth that enlightens everyone. It was coming into the world. Note carefully, not everyone is saved. Not everyone yields. But absolutely everyone has been enlightened. Truth can get in where only darkness could get in before. So John says, Jesus, God the Son, we saw glory for John now, that would have been 70 years ago. He says, we saw glory. Glory, John. What do you mean glory? Well, I mean, there, there was two things that he brought. He was the source of grace. Up until well, All we had was Moses and the law. The law beating us over the head. Be better, improve, be better, do this, do this. The glory was grace, and the glory was, there was truth. He brought truth to dark minds. So John says a mouthful, we're almost done, when he says grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Moses, Moses gave the law. but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. He, he, means, he means you and I can't get to the truth about God unless we get it through Jesus Christ. He means, he means we will always be wrong about God unless we come to him through Jesus Christ. He means we haven't got a ghost of a chance of assessing, forming our own opinions, our own judgments about what God ought to be like, how he should bend to our ways unless we come through Jesus Christ. Our minds will remain in the dark unless we come to Christ. That first shining star in the sky wasn't a magic trick. It pictured the light that was being born through the womb of that young virgin in that smelly stable. Here's what John is saying. We need to grasp this. If, if we could just pause and picture this world as though Christ had never come and taken on human flesh, we will never picture this world as dark as it would be if Jesus had not come. As wicked and perverse as things are now, we can't even imagine how dark the world would be if grace and truth had never come in Jesus Christ. To to, to an even greater degree than we can imagine, falsehood would everywhere be and always be mistaken for truth. Everyone would always be deluded with false hopes. Everyone would always, Always deal falsely with his or her neighbor. We can't even picture what the world would be like if everyone always substituted lies for truth. Oh, don't, don't pass lightly over the revelation that Jesus Christ and only Jesus Christ came full of grace and truth. i hurry on to my last point, three. If you need grace... And if you crave truth, come to Jesus Christ. If you need grace, and if you crave truth, come to Jesus Christ. I would make just one more observation from our text. 14 and 17. And the word became flesh, dwelt among us. We've seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father. Full of grace and truth. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth. Came through Jesus Christ. I have two observations here. The law was given, that verse says. The law was given through Moses. Moses gave the law of God. Then grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And I want you to notice the difference. Moses merely passes the law along, given. Moses gave it. It it came external to his person, God dictated it to him. If not Moses, then someone else could have delivered the written law. Not so with grace and truth. They come through Jesus Christ. I take that to mean grace and truth are never given as independent, separate entities. By that I mean They don't exist apart from the one through whom they came. If you want to know the law, all you have to do is read it. Easy. But if you want grace and truth, if you cry out for God's grace, if you hunger to know him, well, then you have to come to a person. Then you have to come to Jesus Christ the one full of grace and truth. You see, grace and truth don't come as unattached gifts, like the present you have wrapped under your tree. It doesn't work like I can come and just give grace, a bundle of grace, and I pass it to Chris, and he takes it. Jesus doesn't give grace that way. Grace and truth come from being attached to Jesus Christ. They aren't separate entities that he just dispenses like you give your child his allowance. The need for Jesus has never changed. Every man, every woman, every young adult has lurking in the depth of his or her heart a memory of some past act or failure that only needs slight fanning before you're filled with regret and guilt. Everyone. Everyone hears these words and knows that he or she has some deed, some unknown, unspoken deed. If, if it were exposed to everyone this morning, you'd be embarrassed. We need the one we need the one who's full of grace and truth don't we If you need grace and if you crave real truth come to Jesus Let's pray I guess I I just feel this uh, necessity. No one's looking around. Church is just praying. I want to ask do you need grace? Some corner of your heart? Do you need grace? Divine grace? Forgiveness? The truth about life? The truth about eternity? The truth about your own heart? How to make sense of it all? How to put it together? how to be right with God, how to have eternal life. Do you need grace? Do you need truth? You have to come to Jesus. He's the source. He's the one who came full of grace and truth. Let's all pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus, who came into this world full of grace for my deepest needs and full of truth. Truth about redemption. Truth about God. Truth about my own heart. Truth about eternal life. I'm a sinner. Cannot save myself. Come with grace and truth. And as you give me strength, I will live my life for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.